Welcome, everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast coming to you from the craft room today. Sonny's curled up in his little uh, pooch bed, and I am sitting here thinking about paper obsession. Yes, uh, um, I would consider myself uh, one of the folks in the category of the paper obsessed. I just darn like this stuff. I don't consider it a weird like. It's not, well, maybe it is. I'm going to say it's not over the top. Um, I don't eat it. Okay, I can say that. And uh, I was doing a little research on paper obsession, and apparently there is a an actual medical condition called paparophilia, P-A-P-Y-R, almost like um, papyrus. And I think that's where the root comes from. But, uh, come, you know, leading to paper. That's, those were the earliest forms of paper in some history books. Um, some people feel compelled to eat paper. I do not. No, never really wanted to chew on it, spit it out. Never even did spitballs as a kid in uh, school. Uh, maybe one. There may have been one spitball. But uh, it seemed kind of gross, and, and it really wasn't a fascination. But... The sight, the smell, the sound of crinkly paper. I'm all about that. I'm all about the words, the text, the fonts, the historic um, uh, value, the uh, uh, beautiful, I don't know, like legendary when you come across very interesting papers. It's just the most fabulous feeling. And um, what I have found out is that I am not alone. That's right. I am talking to everybody out there who might have a little paper obsession all the way to a grand paper obsession. Maybe you're an eater. I don't recommend eating. I don't think it's good for you. Um, but yes, uh, there, I think it naturally can manifest in the form of junk journals. Uh, we start looking at paper in completely different ways. We look at it upside down, inside out. We tear it up. We shred it. We dye it. Uh, we even make the darn stuff from scratch because we're so fascinated by it. And uh, it comes in so many beautiful, luscious forms. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful to feel all those textures? And um, I remember the first time I got a piece of Braille in my hand. I was absolutely fascinated by that. I just thought it was the neatest thing since sliced bread. How amazing. And I tried so hard with my fingers to feel the different letters, or the letters, the bumps, and try and make sense of it. Even if I could feel different bumps, one bump from another. I am completely impressed with those who can read Braille because that absolutely baffles me and uh, it just feels like, I, I don't know, bumpy wallpaper to me. You know, I can't distinguish the one set of bumps from the next, but, you know, hats off to those who can because it's amazing. Um, yeah, so do you find it? You might be paper obsessed. Or is that maybe too too harsh of a word? Maybe we should um, paper titillated, <laughs> paper intrigued. Um, paper enjoying, paper loving. I like that. That just seems, you know, very innocent. And uh, obsession maybe has a little bit of a heavy connotation attached to it. Maybe as if there's um, something wrong with it. But, you know, I think that as we go through our day, and for example, because we eat food three times a day, does that mean that we're food obsessed? Or we're just going about our day, taking care of things, and uh, we have to feed our body, so we feed it food. I kind of think about that with paper. 
you know, I'm going along in my day and I like to sit down and play with some papers and it helps me relax and unwind and it helps me feel connected to the world uh, with you guys and uh, being so pleasantly surprised that I am not alone and there are a lot of other people who like to play with paper too. And um, it seems like a very innocent and... um, you know, just a fun thing to do. It doesn't cause too much harm, I don't think. Well, maybe a little hoarding here and there, but you know, there are worse things. And um, not so bad, you know? Um, I think that, okay, so I was looking up this one. Oh, oh, now I had to bring this in there. But for example, um, one article was talking about the obsession with the toilet paper, um, with everything that's been going on and how all of a sudden, Everybody had to have massive amounts of toilet paper, more than they needed to have food. Now, you could say, well, Pam, there's a purpose for toilet paper. We might need When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply need that, which I understand. But it was interesting how people became really more obsessed about that than getting food and water, which I think are maybe a little bit more important. You know, in the grand scheme of things, if uh, everything shut down and nothing else went to the stores, I would be thinking food and water myself. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Truth be told, what did I do when everybody ran and bought the toilet paper and there was none left to buy? I bought bar napkins online because nobody was buying bar napkins. You know, those little um, square napkins that you put under drinks? There were tons of them, easily available. And it was much, it was actually much less expensive than uh, toilet paper. Um, And it packed tighter. So in case of emergency, um, I would uh, basically put this akin to a leaf. If you were out in nature, it would give you about that much usage, you know, because it was, it was just a bar napkin, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, in worse straits, you know, it, it, times are tough. You, you use what you have and crafters are good at that. We're very creative, inventive and resourceful and we'll come up with things. Um, and that's very handy because when you're crafting, you're also training yourself how to think outside of the box, even the tissue box. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you're starting to look at things with new eyes, fresh eyes and create, and you become a little MacGyver of paper. You're starting to put things together, but you take that skill with you across the rest of your life because you'll start to look at other things, not as they are, but you'll see them as their potential. And then that can be very helpful in life. I think that's a, that's a grand skill to have. And uh, if you can see multiple uses for the same item, number one, you've immediately uh, saved tons of money because you don't have to buy all those other items that you would buy for those purposes. And there are many items that we have that can be cross-used. For example, we just used a bamboo skewer, which is used to uh, cook meats and vegetables on a barbecue. And we're using it to roll to make um, paper to make paper beads. I mean, just thinking about these things, how many different ways do we use a paper clip? Or, um, you know, I mean, we're just pretty darn inventive. And, and let's say we, we definitely make interesting and fun things out of paper. And, or junk mail. We bring junk mail in by the hordes and then we transform it into magical items. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty darn cool. Um, so, yes, I just want you to know that... Um, Uh, There are 
yes, the extremes. And uh, let's just say that um, those who eat paper, number one, need to stop. And that falls under the um, what's called pica, P-I-C-A. Basically, that's eating things that are not truly food. One of the most popular ones is cornstarch and laundry starch. I don't understand that at all. Um, that to me would just be really not pleasant to eat. But And then there's the um, another form of pica is dirt eating. Some people eat dirt. Another form is um, excessive um, ice eating. Even though truly you can consume it, but chewing ice just for the sake of chewing ice and eating large amounts of ice way beyond what is considered normal is another form. Uh, but paper, if you eat paper, and some people... Um, Actually, I think my husband told me he did this as a kid. When he would read a book, he would tear off the corners pages of the book, roll them up, and eat them. And I thought that was a little odd. I have never actually seen him do it today, probably because most things are um, computer-based now. And um, often when we listen to books, we listen to them on audio and uh, audiobooks, if anybody's doing that. Oh, uh, sacrilege. What am I doing? Am I not reading paper books anymore? Oh my God, when did that happen? I am one of them. Have I dropped paper? Um, It's funny, now I use books for other reasons. And I do try and read a regular book every once in a while. Just sit down and read a paper book. Uh, And I do enjoy that, but um, often I'm sort of doing something and listening to an audiobook at the same time. I will often uh, say if I'm making a fundle or I'm cutting papers upstairs for the fundle, something like that, I will uh, put on an audiobook just for some um, uh, cranium entertainment while I'm uh, going through the Zen process of uh, organizing and creating fundles. And uh, maybe, maybe you do the same. Um, now, when you sit and read a book, you're focused, you're relaxed, you're curled up in a comfy little position and you're reading the book. And that harkens back to me reading a lot of books when I was a teenager. I love to read fiction books. Um, I used to love to read, um, not so much Stephen King, but I read an author called John Saul, S-A-U-L, and uh, scary stories for teens, like I guess it was uh, adults and teens, but I used to like the spooky stories. They were fun. And uh, not so much gory, but spooky and mysterious and suspense, that type of thing. And uh, it always seemed to be in a small town in uh, New England somewhere. And uh, it would go from there. And I just love that. And I miss those days. I really miss that feeling of being snuggled in and curled up with a book. Now I'm surrounded by more books than I can shake a stick at. And, you know, I'm wondering if I... um, pulled away from the actual book because when I went to college, I was inundated with large, giant textbooks that I had to drag with me everywhere in a knapsack. And this was before um, computers in school. Yes, yes, uh, I'm that old. And um, so it became a bit of a love-hate relationship with books. All of a sudden, they were a little bit more painful because I was being judged on how well I knew the information in the book. There was a lot of heavy pressure around it. They were physically heavy to carry back and forth all the way from the car to the class, to the class, to the next class, next class, next class, and then back to the car and then back home and drag it in and study from it. And let's just say... Maybe, maybe there was a little resentment. Maybe. I'm just saying it's possible. I don't know. But then after that, um, I remember probably after that, that's when audiobooks kicked in. And um, that just created a whole new world of listening to things. And, you know, you can listen to audiobooks on any topic, which is kind of nice. And if you're ever looking for an audiobook, um, 
I would say always check YouTube first because you don't always have to sign up for one of the audiobook um, companies. Sometimes audiobooks are available for free on YouTube and you can just listen to them, which is a nice thing to do as well. So check there first. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, um, but yeah, now I find myself surrounded by books and it's, it's strangely not so much about the book itself. It's about the paper, the beautiful colors of the paper, the textures, the smells, the crinkle factor, the, uh, I don't know, this historical fascination, which is, um, really kind of fun because back in school, history was the most boring topic for me. I mean, I grunted through it, but let's just say it was not presented in the most interesting manner. You know, we had dates, names, and places, dates, names, and places. And, um, often, you know, the history teacher would say, okay, this document was signed in this year and this war happened, but I didn't really grasp the importance or the relevance of what happened. I just felt inundated with all these dates and people and places and names of documents. And now, kind of taking a step back and looking at things with different eyes, things look different. They look differently to me now as an adult with more appreciation for what's on the written page and the effort and the sweat and the um, magnitude of why that page was written. And when I'm looking at old books or old texts, and I'm thinking sometimes, you know, back in the day when just creating a book was not an easy task, and they were possibly handwriting the books, they were print-setting the books painstakingly, putting all those little letters on the printer machine, um, and then hand-rolling each individual page off. And if there was a color in addition to the black, they would have to... Uh, set everything up again. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And then do the color if there was a little emblem or something in the corner. Um, it's just fascinating when you think about what they used to go through. But I think they were paper obsessed as well, in a good way, because they were spreading information. And that is how we translated our history from one person to another. Um, we figured we could tell stories till the cows came home. But if we could capture the essence of our thoughts and put them on paper and then share them with others, that would take us to a new level. Plus, it would go beyond our own lifespan. It would go beyond our need to physically be present to share the story. And all of a sudden, our thoughts and feelings and and, um, important information was captured. And it could be shared across villages, across towns, um, across countries, across oceans. And paper suddenly became very, very, very important. And um, so when I, you think about why we're drawn to paper and how meaningful it is for so many of us, maybe it has much more gravitas than we think when we're just opening our junk mail and we you know, quickly, flippantly look through it and say, oh, this is good, this is good. Oh, I can use that in a junk journal. Oh, okay, this can go. That's a bill. Yuck. And, um, <laughs> you know, all those funny little feelings we have. But 
There is such a history and a, such a legacy. And then we sit down and we take all these little bits and bobs and assemble them into something that we call a junk journal or a um, lookbook or an exploration book or a smash book, a glue book, a commonplace book. I mean, whatever you want to name your book, all of a sudden we've created something from basically random bits of paper from all over the world, however we've interacted with them. Sometimes we're lucky and we stumble across some really amazing things. And other times it's a dry desert and we're looking and we're looking and we just don't find anything. And it seems like everybody else finds the cool stuff except for me. I know that feeling. I've had that feeling. That's, um, uh, you know how there's FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, Well, there must be POMO, like paper of missing out. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like everybody else has the cool paper but me. Um, and, uh, but I think that, um, everybody has a little bit of a different fascination with it, a different take, a different, everybody likes a different style, a different texture, a different smell, a different decade. Um, some people are really fascinated about the sixties and the hippie movement and the fun and the thrill with that. And other people are turn of the century folks got to have that, that Victorian feel to really get excited about it. And others are 1940s. Love that time. 1930s, the depression era. That's awesome. You know, I mean, eighties, nineties, I mean, really, when you think about it, um, what the eighties or what eighties, nineties, thrones, twenties. Oh my gosh. Like 30, 30 years old now. I mean, to me, that still seems like just around the corner. Um, and, uh, so I, it, it almost doesn't feel old to me because it was a time I grew up in and maybe that's just normal when you grow up in a time you think that was just around the corner. And then you think back further than that. Well, now that was really old. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm on a little bit of a quest of, to see how old I can go. Not personally, uh, but uh, how, how, what different kinds of paper that I can find from different, um, not only decades now, but actually different centuries. Yeah, um, I'm on the search. I'm on the hunt. And honestly, I'm having a lot of fun. And I'm just absolutely fascinated by by what I'm coming across. And uh, it's just so neat to think that you're holding something that's just so darn old. Not not that that's mandatory in the world of junk journals. I mean, it's just something that I find fascinating. But um, And you can certainly have tons of fun with current papers, with current books. Maybe you go down to the Dollar Tree and that's where you source your books because they have books for a dollar or maybe it's a dollar 25 now I don't know but um you know what I mean they're not that expensive or maybe you find them at garage sales and they're just fiction novels that people have discarded maybe the latest Daniel Steele novel or something like that or you can get a big box of them for you know a buck or two bucks or something and um then you've got tons of paper to play with and one book with one book, you can make so many things out of one book. If you just sat there and said, I, c- I only have a dollar to spend and I've, I found a fiction book uh, and I'm just going to have fun with this paper and I'm going to see how many different things I can make out of this one book. Oh my gosh. The possibilities that lie before you uh, are in- un- incomprehensible. I mean, just um, check out my using up book pages 
If you're looking for ideas, it's a playlist I have on my YouTube channel if you just want a launching pad to get started. But your mind will take you in directions. You'll get, you'll start to play with it and you'll say, oh, okay, maybe Pam folded it like this, but what? What if I folded it like that and then added this and put it on that? You'll, you'll just go places with it. Your brain will do that for you. It loves to fill in um, the blanks. And uh, that's the kind of the neat part is that um, if you ever get stuck, you can always go to places for inspiration and um, or fold paper in a different way and your brain will just happily work for you and create something new and it's that's just kind of the fun of it and in that I think when you're focused on creating something maybe creating something new maybe trying a new fold a new this or a new that you have to be 100% present and that takes you out of regurgitating past thoughts maybe takes you out of giving yourself a hard time or chastising yourself or the chicken you burnt yesterday or you grumbled at your neighbor whatever it was it'll take you into the present and the now and I think that's where a lot of the power uh, lies in crafting it keeps us present in the here and now Um, especially if we're learning a new task if we're doing something repetitive and um with our crafting or say for example you're knitting and you're just knitting a scarf and you're knitting the same stitch over and over and over again your mind does have the opportunity to float away at that point and go to other places but let's hope it's experiencing a form of zen where it can relax and it just gets lost in the almost the beautiful monotony of it yeah so that can be good too and uh, mass making when you're mass making things with uh, junk journals that can bring you into that realm so i just thought i would uh bring you down the the road of paper obsession today uh maybe you can relate um i think there might be a few that can relate out there but i hope you're having fun remember to sign up for my free monthly emailed newsletter if you have not done that you'll get a free digital image emailed every month and sunshine and i send us your warmest our warmest regards to you and remember there's a halloween special there's four digi kits that are on sale for 40% off. Check them out in my uh, Etsy shop and have an awesome crafty day, everybody. Take care until next time. Bye-bye.